If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, the best podcast you've listened to today so far. My name is Becca, and forget Christmas in July, we're celebrating Halloween in June. Yeah. My name is Josh, and curiosity killed the cat, but the satisfaction brought it back. Mm. She knows a thing or two about being satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this week is going to be a little bit different. We are reviewing the long Halloween at the end of the episode. Uh, We're going to cover news and do squad goals, but no Silver Age comic this week. Um, A little spoilers for the long Halloween review. We think you should watch it. So if you haven't, go ahead and give it a watch because we do get a little bit spoilery, although Mm -hmm. we tell you when we do in the uh, review. Big picture overview. It's good. It's a little different from the comic. So if you... Or looking for something that's like, oh, I already know this story. It's a little different, so give it a watch. You'll mm-hmm. like it. And let's jump into news. I would like to start off with an addendum to last week's Heroes Do That. Uh, Zack Snyder posted on Twitter with a picture of Batman pleasuring Catwoman. It was tasteful. I, it wasn't like pornographic. Okay. Um, Do we know or not if he drew it? Apparently there's a big like uproar in the fandom because no one seems to be able to find it on reverse image search he didn't credit any artist when he posted Mm. it i think he drew it really interesting okay well he posted it on june 17th which was when this this whole story was breaking and uh this week on june 24th it was copyright claimed and taken down and We don't know for sure who copyright claimed it, but given the fact that the only people who are in it are DC Comics characters, Mm -hmm. it was probably DC Comics and Warner Media, Mm -hmm. which means that DC is taking this very seriously, Mm -hmm. like more seriously than they probably should. More seriously than I think the Harley Quinn creators thought they would. (laughs) They were just like, ha ha, that's funny. DC is so stuffy. Yeah. And they're like, no, this is the core of our company now. (laughs) What Batman does and does not do in the bedroom. <laughs> it's bizarre. I, but anyway, I just thought I'd, I'd cover that because that's it's another uh, interesting development in an even more interesting story. <laughs> so it's copyright claimed by DC. Mm-hmm. So that means DC is claiming that the thing portrayed in that is canon. Uh, I don't know if it, they claim that it's canon, just that they own the characters. They own them doing that. <laughs> They own the characters. Like if you if you if you did like if you released a movie of like Mickey Mouse being a serial killer, Disney could copyright claim that and take that down. That doesn't mean that they approve of it. It just means like they're saying that's my character and you can't like sell anything or or portray them. I thought fan art was protected under fair use cuz he didn't he's not like selling t-shirts, although if he was, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I thought fan art was protected under fair use. So, well, that's the thing that gets me is there's so many pictures of Batman that are like fan art and yeah. Catwoman that are fan art and even explicit ones yeah. that like haven't been taken down and haven't been copyright claimed. Do you think they're just bullying Zach because he's Zach and they don't like him? <laughs> it could be. It, it very well could be. That's my theory. Okay. 
Uh, I'm going to move on to the next piece of news. Let's see here. I'm going to cover the Nightwing movie. So apparently there was a Nightwing movie that was in production at some point. Right now, uh, the director, Chris McKay, uh, I guess he was on some sort of podcast or something, he revealed that it hasn't been canceled, but it's also not in active development. So we might get a Nightwing movie, and we might not get a Nightwing movie. If we do, it won't be soon. I have some casting choices. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You watched uh, Men's Gymnastics with me the other day. <laughs> Sam McCulloch. Nightwing. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see it. He could do it. He could do it. He's got the He's- hair. Here's a question. Is he a little too short for it? How tall is he? Mm, he's 5'6". Uh, I think that's a little too short. How tall is Nightwing? Uh, I don't know. He, when, he's, when he's next to Batman, Batman's what, like 6'2", six 6'4", six something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, when he's next to Batman, he's pretty tall. I would say that he's probably, if not like 5'11", like, you know, close to that. Yeah. I, I still think he could do it. <laughs> Okay, well... He's got those superhero good looks and that chiseled jaw, and he he doesn't need a stuntman. He doesn't need a stuntman, but can he act is the question. I mean, I've seen him do enough interviews with NBC where he's acting like he wants to talk to them, so (laughs) yeah, probably. Okay, well, we'll see, we'll see. Like I said, it won't be soon. Okay, now we're getting into like the the maybe more weirder news. Uh, A man dressed in a Keaton-reminiscent bat suit wandered around the Indiana town of Cedar City this past week. He did not fight crime, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Uh, but he did take selfies with the local residents. Okay. So this <laughs> news is man spotted in costume? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But the, he, like, it was, like, a big thing that blew up, I guess, like, locally in Indiana, where people were like, wow, there was a guy here dressed as Batman. Damn, Indiana, nothing ever happens there. <laughs> He, they, I like read a whole news interview with him and he was like, you know, I really got back into Batman during the pandemic. And so I decided that I'd spread joy. The nation is too negative nowadays. All right. So he went around dressed as a bat. He's he's got me there, I guess. (laughs) Okay. A stage play version of Batman Ninja. You remember watching Batman Ninja? Yeah, I didn't like it. It's like an anime version of of Batman. He goes back to feudal Japan and, and fights ninjas and then a joker but is all like joker is in charge of a ninja clan or yeah, something i remember and then they there's big robots it's a, it's very anime like super japanese there's a stage play version being produced uh and it will run from october 1st to december 5th in tokyo japan mm. if you would like to take a trip to japan to see it i don't think they're letting anybody in still really yeah uh, there's, nobody's allowed to go to the olympics except for japanese people really mm-hmm. That's that sucks because Olympics is a big get for like economy wise, like, you know, businesses kind of rely on that. And that's one of the biggest reasons why you would put your hat into ring Mm. to hold the Olympics. You you spend all that money on like building stadiums and stuff and you expect that you'll get it back in like local commerce. Yeah. Oh, well. Is it going to be like Kabuki theater? I don't know. I don't I didn't see it's definitely like it's not going to be a musical, obviously, but it's going to be. Just like a production based on the movie. Okay. I, I don't know what it's going to be. I, I can't read Japanese, so I couldn't read the poster. I only saw like an a English news site that was reporting on it. I see. And then the final piece of news I have here for any gearheads is uh, there was photos from the set of the Flash movie recently where Michael Keaton is going to be reprising his role as Bruce Wayne and Batman. 
and he will be driving a 2017 Mercedes Maybach concept car in the Flash movie. It looks pretty cool. Uh, I think the, the concept car was a convertible. The one that he's driving in the movie is, is hardtop. But it looks really neat. And it looks like the kind of, you know, kind of futuristic-y rich person car that Bruce Wayne should drive. So is it just he's, like, driving it as Bruce Wayne? Or people think that, like, ah, Batmobile. No, I think he's just going to drive it as Bruce Wayne. I mean, that happens a lot in the Batman movies where, like, Bruce Wayne will drive a car that is, you know, black or navy blue or something that looks pretty cool but isn't the Batmobile as, like, his, you know, ride, his limo or whatever. Mm-hmm. that's it. That's news. Cool. Cars. <laughs> Great. So we are going to get into a mini little squad goal. So this week we're talking about Javelin, who is a character with not a ton of backstory, which is why this is going to be a mini squad goals and why I kind of saved him for closer to the end. We're getting to the characters now who like probably won't be in the movie for all that long and there isn't much to say about them, but mm. it'll be good to know who they are. So Javelin was created by writer Len Wine and artist Dave Gibbons. Wine also is well known for creating both Swamp Thing and Wolverine. Oh, neat. And Gibbons is most known for being the co-creator of Watchmen. Mm. Uh, little is known of Javelin's origins besides the fact that he used to be an Olympic-level athlete for the German track and field team, which <laughs> so ties into our, uh, our Olympics uh, coverage this week because we're covering an Olympic athlete who became a villain. Uh so little is known about him that nobody really knows his real name either. Wait, so he was a member of the German Olympic team, but nobody knows who he was? Nobody knows who he is. There's only like so many people that it could be. He wears a mask and he's got blonde hair and blue eyes, so he could really be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but like, wouldn't... Okay, I guess they, they can't investigate. Like, the, again, the pool of people who this could be, like, given the age range and, like, the, they could probably gauge his height and stuff, yeah. there's got to be only maybe 20 people. Like, may, not even 20 people who fit his description that they would have to, like, keep tabs on and figure out who he is. I don't think anyone really cares that much about <laughs> who he is after he's captured. Uh, so his first appearance was in a 1984 issue of Green Lantern, where he was hired by the corrupt congressman Block to steal and destroy a prototype solar-powered Ferris aircraft. Mm. During his fight with the Emerald Crusader, Javelin overcame his foe with the clever use of a yellow javelin. Just, mm. a, just a regular yellow javelin. Oh, yeah, well, because... Sharpened stick. Yeah, the Green Lantern's, uh, as we all know, the Green Lantern's weakness is the color yellow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he threw it, and it pierced through Hal Jordan's ring-powered shield, and, like, caused him to like oh it squirted him with this like yellow plastic which like covered Hal in yellow and then he couldn't fly anymore and he plummeted towards the ground and the comic ends by being like will he live read on the next (laughs) issue if he lives join us for green lantern 170 whatever if he lives that long really makes you think he's gonna die anyway uh he lives, of course. He, like, did something with, like, oxygen to, like, blow the plastic off of him. <laughs> so he was fine. Um, and uh, Javelin was later captured while attempting to blow up the stolen aircraft. Mm. Mm. Um, Wait, why would he steal it and then try and blow it up? So he was hired by Congressman Block, who's, like, uh, he was working with, like, the Monitor. They're both c- trying to take down Ferris for, I don't know, money reasons, probably. Oh. Yeah, and Ferris is, like, uh, Hal's girlfriend's dad's company. Okay. So that's why he's kind of invested. He works there, too. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, which is why he was there when this all happened. Mm. And actually, when he first arrives at work that day, he, like, saves somebody. I I don't think it's Carol's dad. Uh, it's some other some other higher-up guy in Ferris. There was, like, a an eye beam that, like, fell off some construction site and was about to hit him. <laughs> and Hal, like, runs up and pushes him out of the way. And then somebody's like, darn you, Hal Jordan. <laughs> I was trying to kill that guy. Uh, other strange things in this comic. Uh, at the beginning of the comic, Hal saves an out-of-control driver. But he then gets pissed off when he realizes the driver was just drunk. <laughs> so he imprisons him in a giant green bottle on the side of the highway and tells him the police can figure out how to free him. <laughs> And then he's like, and then he, he, as he's flying away, he states some statistics about like how many people are killed by drunk driving a year. Wow. Yeah. So he got a little PSA. Wow. That sounds like the, the Batman seduction of the gun thing that I read mm-hmm. that where it was. So I read this comic. I picked it up at a comic show that I went to a couple of weeks ago and it was called Batman seduction of the gun. And the entire thing is a gun PSA. And the, the weirdest part to me was the fact where they're in the Batcave and like Really out of character, Bruce Wayne and Alfred are like spouting off gun gun death facts mm-hmm. at each other. Like, and, and, I mean, you and I do that at, <laughs> at Jason at Jason Jason Todd, I okay. think. And then Jason Todd also like goes undercover and has like in depth conversations about guns with the high schoolers that he's undercover with. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole thing is a PSA and uh, really weird, but was kind of worth the read. It was pretty cool. Good. So back to Javelin. He appears sporadically with a suicide squad after being imprisoned uh, and being offered a pardon for joining the squad. Uh, And one of the common themes in his storyline is him seeming to die and then coming back, you know, months, years later and being like, oh no, I'm fine. Uh, Isn't that just a comic book character thing? Yeah, but it happens to him a lot. Okay. Like, almost every time he goes out on an adventure, he's one of the ones who dies. But then they (laughs) just bring him back later. Like, oh yeah, no, he was fine. Uh, He's part of that, like, Rick Flagg group in the trailers, Mm -hmm. uh, who people have speculated will probably die pretty early on in the movie. Um, And if Javelin stays true to his character, he might be due for an Act 3 surprise return. (laughs) So we'll see. That'd be exciting. There isn't much to say about his powers. He's a mercenary with Olympic-level strength and the ability to throw a javelin super accurately. Uh, and he uses a number of different javelins, like exploding ones, harpoon ones. I mentioned the one that squirted plastic all over Hal Jordan. So he's basically Green Arrow. He has, like, gimmick stuff, like Green Arrow does, yeah. except instead of using a bow, he just throws them. He just throws them. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, they're mostly just some variation of a sharp stick that he hurls at you. <laughs> yeah, so basically, like I said, you know, Green Arrow, he has his gimmicked arrows. At the end of the day, they're all just arrows, but they're all, like, you know, different because they're gimmicked. Mm-hmm. That's Javelin. Okay, that's it. That's, that's all there is to say. That's it. <laughs> he goes on. He goes on Suicide Squad missions. Does he like contribute? How does he contribute if that's all he does? Mostly, mostly throws javelins and then dies. A lot of the times, he. <laughs> one of the times it talked about, he got uh, impaled on his own javelin by Cersei. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. Well, uh, I think at. At this point, we are going to move into our review of Long Halloween. This is something that we recorded a couple of nights ago when we watched the movie. And here it is for your listening pleasure. We just finished watching Batman The Long Halloween. Mm -hmm. Part one. Part one. Of two. Of two. And uh, we're going to talk about it now. Mm -hmm. 
I thought it was very well paced. Yeah, I thought it was nice. Uh, I was surprised when I first saw that they were going to split it into two movies. Because it's not a really long comic. You could definitely do it in one movie. That's true. It's much shorter than Dark Knight Returns, which got two movies. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Dark Knight Returns kind of has like four different chapters though like Mm. big story arcs whereas long halloween originally was just like a 12 series run 12 issue yeah Yeah. 12 issue run and yeah they added a lot more detail to a lot of things flushed out the characters a lot more which i liked yeah yeah it's really interesting because it's also the first batman film that we've gotten in the new dc animated movie universe Mm -hmm. we had the superman movie we got the flash uh world war ii movie which all take place in sort of the same continuity and this is now the third movie in that continuity and it's sort of doubling as an introduction for batman even though it sort of takes place a couple of years into his career yeah he's very young though yeah he's for reference uh barbara is in this movie as well and she's like six yeah yeah barbara gordon is is a kid Jim Gordon doesn't have white hair. He has his, his red hair. Red hair. Harvey, Harvey Dent, Dent has one face. He has one face and he's still dressed district attorney. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's acting as kind of like an introduction to him, but they, they jump into it saying like, you know, well, he's been operating for, you know, I don't know, a year or two. My favorite thing was uh, there's a scene where he's in the Batcave and he looks at Alfred and he's like, I didn't think I'd have to do so much detective work when I started this project. Yeah. It was supposed to just be to scare criminals off the street, but God, there's so much detective work involved. (laughs) So he's like learning his skills as he goes along. Yeah, he's trying to figure out what the Batman, being the Batman means still. Which makes me hope that if they end up doing... Justice League movies, as mm-hmm. was kind of hinted in the the, the Justice Society film. Mm-hmm. Jensen Ackles is going to stay as Batman for a while, question mark? I'm pretty sure he will, yeah. I hope so. He's supposed to be on The Boys, but his character on The Boys, as far as I know, is not going to be like a major one. I figured he was probably just going to either be like one season or maybe just a couple episodes. Mm. Not really sure, though. Okay. Yeah. And also The Boys is a show that, you know, it doesn't... It's not like Supernatural where where they're filming for nine months out of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It should be it should be fine for him because he he doesn't have to do a whole lot for an animated movie. He no. has to go into a few voice sessions. Yeah, you know, it might take a, him a couple of weeks, and that's about it. Yeah, and uh, you know, not that many hours even then. Can we talk about the cast? Yes, let's talk about the cast. Okay, Jensen was great, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a fangirl and I like him and everything, but he was great. He's an excellent actor. He does a really good job of showing Batman's, like, youth and naivete, and yet you can tell that he's gonna, you know, be the Batman that we all know and love someday. I thought it was a a great performance, as both Batman and as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, well, so that's the thing, though, is, is I think he didn't do enough of 
the line between Batman and Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. His his Batman intonation is almost the same as his Bruce Wayne intonation. And I like to see a little bit of them playing with it. And not like uh, Christian Bale where he goes from like a normal talking to like, like but it, it's, it's nice. And, and I really like Kevin Conroy when he does his Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is up here. It's, hi, I'm a billionaire playboy, Bruce Wayne. And then Batman is down here. He is vengeance. He is a knight, you yeah. know? Well, I, I think there there needs to be a little more of that. I mean, that plays into the fact that this is an early Batman story where maybe he hasn't played around with the voice for too many, too yeah, many nights. Yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. He just kind of doesn't really talk to criminals all that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Naya Rivera plays Selena Kyle and Catwoman. Uh, and Naya Rivera, uh, unfortunately, passed away in 2020. You may have seen her in Glee. Uh, she also wrote a book about her life a couple of years after that. Um, she passed away in 2020 when she went uh, boating with her young son. And she thankfully was able to save him and put him back in the boat. But she unfortunately was pulled under by, I want to say it was like riptides in a lake. Uh, so this is actually her last performance but she did a really amazing job as selena kyle uh really a tragedy that she was taken so early um but her selena was flirty and fun there's a couple moments that i was kind of like what but what that's we- mostly writing that's not really acting oh what, what, i don't know what you're talking about which moments are you talking about are we gonna get into spoilers yeah of course i mean <laughs> right at the end Batman, like, lands on this yacht to confront oh, a yeah. criminal, and she's like, oh my god, Bruce, and then she covers her mouth like, oh my god, I just said that, and it's like, yeah, girl, idiot, <laughs> but obviously that's not, you know, the performance, that's the script. Uh-huh. Okay, well, let's talk about the cast first, and then I want to get into, like, how this differs from the comic, and, like, you know, how I felt about those things. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Naya Rivera, great job, taken too early. I think she'll be in the second part, too, so I'm looking okay. forward to that. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you if you, if she, like... Finished her lines. I believe she did. Okay. She finished recording all of her lines before she passed away. And I don't have the information in front of me, but I believe I saw something today that said that part two is actually going to come out next month. Oh. So it, it's it's a less of a wait than we thought it would be. Great. Love that. We waited, what, like six months between Death and Return of Superman? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah from between part one and part two. Well, we saw both in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remember movie theaters? <laughs> Well, I looked around to see if if Long Halloween was playing in movie theaters, and I couldn't find yeah, it. No. They they aren't they aren't running it. We bought it on YouTube. You can also buy it on Vudu, Amazon Prime, a couple other places. It's twenty bucks, but honestly, worth it. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's an hour and fifteen minutes ish or something like that. It's like no, hour. it was like 90, 90 minutes. Was it? I really? Say. Oh, okay, okay. It's pretty long. It was a long Halloween. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Naya was great. We've got Josh Dumel as. Harvey Dent. He played Colonel William Lennox in the Transformers movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's like the the military guy mm-hmm. who uh, I guess is like here's Meg- here's uh, 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 Omegatron. No, not Omegatron. Mega- Megatron. Me- just Megatron. Just Megatron. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's him. Uh, that's him. <laughs> uh, fine performance. No, nothing really to report home about. It's interesting. I don't know if it's the animation that makes me a little, like weirded out by his character he's he obviously they're trying to show that like one day he's going to become two-faced mm-hmm. it's just the 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 swap from like nice harvey to like mean harvey is is very abrupt sometimes yeah and and it's uh i guess it's both abrupt and yet not as subtle as like the animated series yeah for like the children one yeah, Showing, yeah like yeah. mental illness but for kids <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, I, I don't want to say unsettling, because, like, unsettling would mean that they were trying to go for unsettling. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it doesn't feel fleshed out, I guess, in terms of, like, him switching. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, honestly, I didn't realize until I looked it up, Jim Gordon is played by Billy Burke, who played Bella's dad in the Twilight movies, <laughs> who is honestly, honest, okay, don't watch the Twilight movies, but if you have to, watch them and just watch them from the perspective of, like, Bella's dad is the main character. Because he's just great. <laughs> Fantastic actor. Good good, good Jim Gordon performance. Yeah, yeah I, he, I, I liked his performance. And, you know, it's... It, it it fits. It, yeah. There's 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 nothing nothing that I can say that would be a criticism of it, and nothing really that I'm like, oh wow, he really did that really well. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like you know he he fits the character. Yeah. Uh, one more just little casting thing I wanted to mention. Oh, I guess do you want to talk about Troy Baker? Yeah, we can talk about Troy Baker. Okay, yeah, talk about Troy Baker. Okay, uh, he's he plays the Joker in this. He does a great Mark Hamill impression. He does a great Mark Hamill impression. Becca actually thought when she first heard his voice that it was Mark Hamill. Yeah, I mean I knew it wasn't because I knew Mark Hamill wasn't in this. <laughs> yeah, he's he uh I mean he's obviously as a younger voice. He has a little bit more of a baritone. I think Mark Hamill is like a tenor. He mm-hmm. has kind of like a nasally tenory voice and that even though he's doing a good impression of Hamill, uh it's still like Troy Baker's baritone still kind of comes through a little bit. Yeah. Um but he's doing wonderful in this. He really has fun with the role. Yeah. I really like him in uh Batman Arkham Origins. I mm-hmm. think he does an awesome job in that and i think honestly that they should just keep bringing him back like because mm-hmm. hamill i mean he he likes doing the joker and it hurts his throat it, it does it hurts his throat and and i think they you should... know they're gonna make like 10 more star wars movies too <laughs> you know he's 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 like getting close to retiring age and, and yeah. he, he probably wants to to duck out gracefully and i think that troy baker is a, is a wonderful successor yeah he, he has a lot of fun with the role i like a lot of the little touches for the joker in this i feel like rarely do they show Joker as being like a homicidal maniac who's also like really like insane in a way that's like supposed to be kind of funny? Yeah. I think the last time that I've seen that done super well was in uh, The Dark Knight with uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of like, I, you know, occasionally I'll like crack a joke and I'm like unhinged, but like also really scary. There were some little touches I liked where he is trying to intimidate the Roman, Alberto, not Alberto Falcone, uh, Carmine Falcone. Carmine, yeah. And he's like, here's my card. And he like licks a playing card and like sticks it to his face. And then he tries to do this dramatic exit from a window and you hear him like land on a car and go like, ow, and like walk away. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a great little Joker touch that he would be like, I'm going to make a dramatic exit. Whoops, didn't think this through. Landed on a car. <laughs> <laughs> he does like a backflip yeah. onto a car or whatever. I love that. Uh, but it was still really scary. We were trying. We were talking during the movie about um, why his Joker gas makes people's faces turn white and their lips turn red. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know. I understand the lips turn red part is because like they're bleeding from their mouths, but. I don't quite understand why their faces turn white. The Joker toxin is always not very well defined and explained. I think I maybe like the blood drains from their the rest of their face and goes to their lips. Maybe I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. It's 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 a stylistic choice, <laughs> and so. and uh, it's comic book, so they can be weird. Yeah. I do like uh, another funny moment that I really liked that when we were watching was he can't get his Joker gas to come out of the plane that he's using to try and drop it on the crowd. And he, he whips out the instruction manual. And mm-hmm. then after he figures out that he had the safety on, he just throws it like off the plane mm-hmm. so he doesn't use it anymore. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was. They were some good Joker gags. Uh, and the last person I want to talk about is the. Uh, I, w- I want to call him like the mascot of this comic series is Calendar Man mm. Julian Day because he plays heavily into like the marketing and you know he's always whatever you think about Long Halloween you think of Calendar Man even though he's really only like two scenes. Yeah. And we chatted on our Calendar Man episode about how his portrayal in this series was like heavily influenced by uh, Hannibal Lecter Mm -hmm. in the Silence of the Lambs film where he, you know, he's got like the glass in his cell and he can't get too close to him and he just speaks in cryptic riddles and he solved the crime long before you did because he's Calendar Man. But he's played by David Dasmelkian who we will see in the upcoming Suicide Squad movie as Polka Dot Man. So I thought it was cool to get his voice in a Batman movie and and put him out there before Suicide Squad. It was very cool. And I think he did a great job. Yeah, he's doing a good job too. He's He's uh, he's nailing the Hannibal Lecter sort of like qu- calm, quiet, collected sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> it's like where like, oh, I probably know who it is, but I won't tell you. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm like five steps ahead of you and I know exactly what you're thinking kind yeah. of thing. Honestly, though, Hannibal Lecter gets too much credit for being like, a, like a brilliant mind who like, ooh, he solved the case before Clarice. It's because he knew the killer. Like, I don't know. You watched like Silence personally, of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah, you watched Silence of the Lambs with me. It was, he was the, the boyfriend of one of his patients and he, you know, he used to commit these kind of crimes all of the time. Yeah. You know, the whole like, he, he knows one guy who's obsessed with moths and also like wants to make a woman's suit. So he's like, hmm, I think I know who this was. Well, but I'm not telling... You know what they say, Becca? Yeah. It's not what you know. It's who you know. <laughs> it's which uh, homicidal maniacs are dating your patients. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Any any other members of the cast? How do you think like the, the Falcones did? Just the, in general, the characters. Uh, what do you think of, of Gilda, the Harvey Dent's girlfriend? Uh, hate her hair. Okay. <laughs> That's it. You, nothing to say about like her performance? I was all, I was all right. Am I, do you want me to spoil the comic she, too? She's a little flat. A little, a little, but like it'll make sense. I think if they, I mean, they they changed a bunch of things. Yeah. In terms of like what's what happened in the comics, so I don't I don't know if this is building to something. Okay. But it might be. Okay. Is there any other characters you want to talk about, like performance wise? I think it's silly that they had Solomon Grundy and they only had him say the first line of his entire, like, poem. That's all he does in the comic. Oh, really? Yeah, he keeps, like, saying it over and over again. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, and also that scene where Batman brings him Thanksgiving dinner is also from the comic. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a there's a lot of stuff that's, like, iconic in the comic that we that we see that's in the movie. Mm-hmm. The, the I Believe in Gotham. Uh, I think that... that Curious will get you killed. That's that's also in the comic. I'm pretty sure. Curiosity will get you killed. Ah, uh, I don't exactly remember. Okay. The one thing that's not in this is uh, any members of the Maroni family. Maybe they're saving that for well, Maroni the one. Maroni himself is in it. Yeah, but like the whole series is supposed to be like this big war between the Falcones and the Maronis, and Batman's mm. just kind of like stuck in the middle of it. Yeah, they hint at it in the beginning. They like, do. There's a there's a scene at the beginning where they're talking. You know, there's a guy and he's like, "We got to strike back at the Maronis." We're going to do it now. Uh, but they, yeah, there, there's not really much of a gang war that's going on really. in, in the movie yet. Maybe it, like, ratchets up as as the the movie will go on, yeah. you know, in, in part two. I mean, the whole conceit of the comic book is, you know, people near Falcone keep dying. 
and he obviously thinks that it's, you know, part of a huge gang war. So mm. he, like, ramps up his security, and then Maroney ramps up his security. More and more members of their family keep, like, coming in to, like, help and fighting and all this other stuff. And Batman's just trying to, like, put out fires all over the place. And in the meantime, there's this, like, masked killer who's, like, running around on holidays killing gang members. Mm-hmm. It's a really great comic. You should read it. <laughs> I guess, do you want me to talk a little bit about the, the differences? Yeah, let's talk about the story now. Yeah. Let's talk about the differences between the comic and the the movie. Yeah. So, listeners of this podcast will know that I've had an issue with the writing of these WB animated DC movies for the past couple of years, especially when they do adaptations of famous comic books. Hush was just distasteful, in my opinion. I really, really, really disliked all of the differences between the Hush movie uh, and how they really didn't do justice to what was an amazing comic book with a lot of amazing villains and a new villain that you would have never expected who comes out of left field. And instead they're like, oh no, it's the Riddler. Isn't that great? Just because they don't trust your audience is going to care if it's a villain they haven't heard of before. I don't know if that was it. And and here's what I think that they might be trying to do with Long Halloween, with changing a few things up, is that they want it to still be a mystery. To I guess people so. who have like already read the book. And I think that like this movie so far has been pretty great. Like I said, it's you know, it's paced pretty well. It is. The 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 action is is not like over the top and it's it's interspersed well enough out that it's not just kind of like mindless comic booky stuff. There's, yeah. There's a, it's a lot of talking, a lot of dialogue, a lot of, uh, you a lot know, of detective work, detective work going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that this one might be able to pull off a different ending than the comic. Maybe. I don't, they, they might be setting up the same ending as the comic, the, the ending of the comic, as far as we know, like yeah. still, applies well okay no for one big change that comes at the end of part one so turn back now if you don't want to be spoiled so readers of the comic will know that it turns out that alberto falcone is at least one of possibly two holidays that is running around killing members of the of the rival gang but he gets killed in New, on New Year's on a yacht and then he like somehow just pops up at the end of the story and he's like ah actually I faked my death mm-hmm. so I could keep being Holiday isn't that great but in this one Batman sees him not only get shot but he then falls off the yacht and then gets cut up by the like rotating blades yeah so he's gone Completely. I don't think there's any way he could have faked that so yeah they're setting it up for it to be a different holiday and in the comic book the other holiday that's like kind of hinted at, kind of confirmed, is Gilda Dent is the second holiday. Mm-hmm. They're never really clear on like, maybe some of them were Harvey, maybe some of them were Gilda. It's supposed to be sort of ambiguous. Yeah, I, I think it's it's meant that she's supposed to, like he started it, he maybe killed like one or two people, and she kind of continued his work, especially after he became Two-Face. Yeah, I'm excited for that scene. I hope that actually happens. I mean, it probably will. <laughs> Oh, I, I double-checked the, the whole, like, curiosity will get you killed is not in, in the comic. No. It's just curiosity killed the cat and satisfaction brought it back. Um, the I, It's interesting. I'm, I, as I'm flipping through the book, you were talking about how they fleshed out stuff. The, this whole, there's a, a scene towards the beginning of the, of the book where they come across a big pile of cash that belongs to Falcone. And it's only, like, two pages. It's, like, one page with a couple of... of 
like dialogue, mm-hmm. a, a full page spread, and then another page that sort of ends the scene. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, it was a full, I want to say like, you know, seven to ten minutes of yeah. them sort of like standing around talking about what they wanted to do with the cash. And, and there was like interplay between Harvey Dent and Catwoman and stuff. So yeah, they're, they're, they're really fleshing stuff out, which is, is interesting and cool. And it shows the strength, I think, of the writers that adapted it because mm-hmm. they weren't just taking it face value and adapting, you know, the dialogue word for word, which I think they might have done with Killing Joke. Okay. Which was yeah, a right. lot weaker. Yeah. Which was a lot weaker because there's there's stuff that works on the page that doesn't work in film. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot of jumping around. The reader can sort of fill in gaps when they're reading a, a graphic novel or a book or whatever, that does, you can't necessarily trust uh, an audience to do. And you can't like work with that pared down dialogue. Because the other thing about comics is that you have to have word balloons to like say stuff. So you can't have long conversations without it being walls of text in like, you know, multiple panels on multiple pages, which gets True. boring visually. Yeah. But it doesn't get boring visually in a movie because you can sit there and, you know, watch the camera can pan back and forth between the two speakers and, you know, it, it doesn't obscure the backgrounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it just, it shows the strength of, of the writers who adapted it. Yeah, the writing was fine. It was better. It's better. It's better than it's been. Uh, there was a couple moments that I was like, what? Namely when Catwoman is like, I'm just going to say Bruce's name out loud in front of people. That was a big what moment for me. Well, as soon as she did that, it was it was a dead giveaway that he was going to die. Alberto was going to yeah, die. Yeah, Alberto was going to die. Yeah. Because they never allow anybody who learns uh, Batman's identity to live. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. He does the, the Joker does do the plain thing. Yeah, no, I love the plain thing. In 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 the comic, although again, it's you know it's one page setting up that he's gonna fly over on New Year's and try and poison everybody. A full page spread, and uh, you know another page of them fighting, and then that's it. That's the that's the end of the interaction. Yeah, there's a couple more I think later. Okay. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah yeah. There we go. There's there's two more pages. But then, but then that's the the end, and, and that whole thing, the whole like plane thing in the movie, it was like ten took, minutes. Yeah, again, it took ten minutes. It was a ten minute action scene, and and it all was also uh, intercut with uh, scenes of like the holiday killer putting together their gun and the How did Batman stuff. get off the yacht? Did what I do you miss mean? That? At the end, so Batman was on that yacht yes. as Bruce Wayne. Okay, and then he was fighting Joker on a plane. And then he got back on the yacht. And he got back on the yacht. How did he get off the yacht and back on the yacht? Uh, good question. Did it never leave the harbor? Oh, that's possible. Yeah, Yeah, it was just sort of like on the yacht, but it was parked. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Can you imagine if we did that for like private planes? Be like, we're having a party on my private plane. We're not going to actually fly. You just leave it parked on the runway. Yeah, it'll just be on the runway. It'll be fine. I mean, I've told you multiple times that I don't understand cruise ships. Like, you know, we have shuffleboard on land. You don't need to go. You don't. We have buffets on land. You don't need to go in the ocean. Because you get on the, you get on the boat. And then while you're, you know, while you're en route to like Belize or whatever, Uh you're also playing shuffleboard and eating shrimp. Okay. And then the next morning you wake up and you're in a tropical island. I guess. Okay. (laughs) You ever been on a cruise that actually takes you somewhere? No, no. I've never, I've never been on a cruise period. Me either. We should go. I know. My parents keep promising me they'll take me on a cruise and they haven't, but they will. 
I'm sure of it. Okay, let's let's keep talking about Long Halloween. Yeah. The costumes, they it's good that they kept them in sort of that rebirth style so that this can be like an introduction to the character. We talked about that already. Batman's ears aren't nearly pointy enough, and Catwoman's not nearly purple enough. Mm. But, you know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, like it's, I was telling you. You know, it fits in with the universe. It's obviously because they want to use this as a jumping off point, and they want to keep the costumes the same. If they would have gone with the very stylized look, I mean, first of all, it would have made animation a little harder, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know how what sort of techniques they're using, because it looks different than what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that using those other models would have been just a little more work for them, and they kept it simple. I mean, it's animation, so you keep the design simple, and you know it's versatile. You know, they, yeah. it's easy to easy to pick out of a crowd designs. Well, they got that new animated series coming out soon, where Batman's ears are gonna be pointy all the way to the heavens. And well, I can't wait. that's in that's in like the the concept art if, he, if they're not long and pointy i'm a riot you're in a riot <laughs> yeah one person riot. I'll, I'll, I'll drive directly to t- uh tim bruce tim's house yeah <laughs> bruce tim oh yeah it's bruce tim uh jj abrams uh-huh. and matt reeves all three of them mm-hmm. putting you on notice i will riot <laughs> at your house <laughs> show up with pointy ears myself yeah and put a demonstration on. Yeah. But yeah, I liked it. Go yeah. watch it. It's 20 bucks, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I do want to warn, I know one of our listeners specifically has issues with gory stuff. Mm-hmm. There, this The scenes in this are not that gory. Uh, a, guy got, a guy gets shot. Um, people get beat and scuffed up. So there's like black eyes and... And cuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. The only really gory scene is the one at the end where the guy gets torn apart by... The... Ah, you barely see it. <laughs> torn apart by a boat. But, uh, yeah. So so it's not that gory and bloody. Mm-hmm. But there is blood. Yes. I'm excited for part two. I am. We'll, yeah. We'll do honestly, a nice little recap uh, when that one comes out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Honestly, it's uh, it's kind of disappointing that like they wouldn't put it all out at once. I kind of wanted like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. Like all at once. I sat through Justice League. Come on. I can handle it. I can handle a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> well, this way they can get $40 out of us instead of Ugh, and they will. just 20 That's bull. Okay. Well, that's it for the coverage of Long Halloween. Thanks for listening to Batmates. You can follow us on Twitter at Batmates and you can email us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody.